Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. This week is a little different because today's message is a little personal for me. It's something that I'm still working through, and that's letting go of loss. Most of us have experienced loss in our life. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's the loss of a dream or even the loss of hope. Today's Bible story comes from the book of Lamentations. It was a difficult period in the life of the Israelites where they were sent away in captivity, in bondage. They lost their home, they lost their way of life, and everything seemed hopeless. But the good news is is that in the midst of this loss, they were able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And today we're going to talk about how we can let go of loss and embrace the new beginnings in our lives. Good afternoon, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Awesome, awesome. The sun's out. Y'all can celebrate now. It's been raining for 5 days. The Lord has shown mercy. Can we just put our hands together for sunshine? Woo! Amen. Amen. I'm so glad you're here with us this afternoon, and I'm just excited. Um, this is round three of Tidying Up. How many of you have been enjoying this series? Yes? Awesome. How many of you know how to fold better now because you've watched the show? Nope, not many? Okay, great. All right. Um, if you're joining us online or in our video venue, we're glad you're here with us as well. And uh, the first week we talked about baggage. The second week we talked about comparison. But this week we're going to deal with loss. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn or click to uh, Lamentations chapter 3, starting at verse 18. Lamentations chapter 3, starting at verse 18. If you have neither a clicker or a physical Bible, you can grab that, um, uh, the handout in your worship guide. Okay. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3, starting at verse 18. This is Jeremiah saying, I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and my homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. I want to talk to you for a few moments on letting go of loss. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Give us ears to hear and uh, let our hearts be open to what you have to say in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first two weeks, we've kind of shared a few stories from my personal life, and I didn't want to leave y'all without one last story. And so um, when I was in sixth grade, I really wanted a necklace with a 
uh, a cross on it. I was adamant. Everybody else had one. And, you know, it's just a typical thing. I wanted a necklace with a cross on it. So I asked my parents over and over and over. And finally, uh, it was right after Christmas, before I went back to school, my parents gave me what I had asked for. And I was so excited, so elated. Uh, it was just so much joy. And I put it on and I didn't take it off. And I wore it every day for a whole week. Because at the end of that week, um, somehow I had lost the necklace and the cross. And so I was panicking. I was nervous. I, I, I just had all these emotions flooding me. And so I searched the house. Everywhere in the house I searched, I couldn't find it. I went to school. I checked my locker. It wasn't there. I went to the lost and found. It still wasn't there. Everywhere I checked, it wasn't there. And so I, I was really sad and discouraged because of it. And so two days later, uh, my mom asked me, where's your necklace? And so in that moment, I had a chance to lean into my mom and tell her, mom, I lost it. And I know you're going to say I'm irresponsible and I should have been taking care of it, but I I need help. And I'm so sad that I lost this thing. But in that moment, I froze and y'all, I'm going to confess, I lied to my mama. I told her it was upstairs, and over the next few months, I started making up more and more stories as she asked me where the necklace with the cross was. So, um, you know, it had to get more elaborate because after a while, upstairs didn't work. She asked me where it was. It's in my book bag. I left my book bag at school, Mom, you know, uh, and then the next time, well, if it's upstairs, will you go get it? Well, Mama, my left pinky toe is not feeling too well, and I had a long day at work, I mean school, and so I just need to rest here. I had all these excuses. Fast forward to Christmas. Next year, I get to open in my presents, open them. I'm excited. My mom brings out one last present and it's a small box. And I open that box and looking back at me was the necklace and the cross that I told her I knew where it was and that it was upstairs this whole time. In that moment, ladies and gentlemen, I looked at my mom and she looked at me and we came to an understanding that I'm never going to get one over on her, and that better be the last time I lied to her. It, it, it was an embarrassing moment, and although I was embarrassed, there was also a feeling of joy and elation in the same moment because what I had lost was found. And uh, although I could have stayed embarrassed, I was too happy because I had gained back the thing that I had lost. But unfortunately, sometimes when we lose things, they don't always have a happy ending. Sometimes the things we have lost, the person or the thing, cannot be recovered. A person in our text, the biblical passage today, is a guy named Jeremiah who is writing about his experience with loss. You see, in a few short years, the thriving nation of Judah had been destroyed. The city of uh, Jerusalem, its capital, had been conquered. The king of Judah had been dethroned. And not only that, many of the people were taken away in captivity or killed. But to make matters worse, the most hurtful part of this whole experience was in 586 BC when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came and destroyed their temple. 
Their temple was their symbol of strength, security, and splendor. All of this had been lost, and they were in a period of wondering what in the world is going on. This is the backdrop. It is in this context that Jeremiah writes these words about loss. And you may not be as a prolific writer as Jeremiah, but where you can uh, understand or where you can relate to Jeremiah is that we've all experienced loss at some point in our lives. Maybe it's the loss of someone who you have loved. Maybe it's the loss of a spouse via divorce. Maybe it is the loss of a career, a failed business. Maybe it's the loss of your job. Maybe it's the loss of the dream that you had for your life. Maybe you've experienced loss when your child goes off to college and your home is empty and your family's not the same. Maybe you've experienced loss in identity when you've tried to fit in and you don't feel like you're like them. It, it Loss happens in so many different ways in our life. And here's the truth. Here's the first fill in the blank is that we experience loss because our world is broken. We experience the pain and the difficulty of loss because our world is broken and we were made for eternity. In this Jeremiah, you can sense that he feels in chapter 1 and 2 of Lamentation, he talks about how this feeling of loss and pain is wrong. And if you're honest about where you are, even if you uh, are the reason why you've experienced loss, loss just feels wrong. It feels wrong that I'm in this condition. It feels wrong that these things have gone away from me. It it feels wrong that this person is not here with me anymore. And the reason is, is that we were made for eternity. We have this sense of forever in our heart. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says it like this, that God has planted eternity in the human heart. That's the reason why it feels wrong when somebody dies, because we have eternity planted in our heart. It's the reason why we believe in forever when we say I do because eternity has been planted in our heart. And because of that, when loss happens, it affects our life. It makes us wonder why. It discourages us. It causes us to feel like I don't know what to do next. In the show Tidying Up, we are introduced to this woman named Marie, not Kondo, but another Marie, who is dealing with the magnitude of loss. Her husband has passed away and she is wondering what is she going to do in her life. And it is in this context that the show shows us this clip. And I want you to look at this. Thank you. 
You know, I, I looked at those shirts and I thought of all the hopes and dreams he had while he, you know, was in his Hawaiian shirt phase. And then it went into the cowboy phase. And, um, you know, it, it's just kind of a real jolt to see all this life, you know, that we've lived and the dreams that he had. And, you know, they're all now in a pile on the floor and my closet is empty. And that, that was a very big jolt for me today. Her pain is palpable. Her feeling of despair is tangible. You can almost feel it in every movement, in every breath, in every sigh. What she had believed in, what she had hoped in is lost. She described it as her dreams in a pile of clothes on the floor. And many times when we experience loss in our lives, This is what it feels like, that our dreams are dashed, that the thing we hoped for, the thing we planned on, the thing we were looking forward to is now destroyed. And we don't know what to do next. And here's your next fill in the blank. It's when loss happens, it can leave us feeling hopeless and it can silence our dreams. Loss can leave us feeling hopeless and it can silence our dreams. Jeremiah understood this very well because in Lamentations 3 and 18, he says this, I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. He was in a dark place. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, although we wear the plastic smile, although we we pretend like everything is all right, sometimes things get so difficult when we are faced with loss that we feel hopeless. We feel like we can never dream again that what we desired won't happen again that what we believe for it can never happen again this hope was broken because here's the problem hope is belief in or trust in something that will happen and when loss happens it breaks that belief it breaks that hope here's your next fill in the blank when what we have is lost. Our will to trust is broken, limiting our ability to be hopeful. When what we have is lost, our ability to tr- our our trust is broken and it limits our ability to be hopeful. We begin to ask questions like, why should I smile when this is happening in my life? Why should I have joy when this is going on in my life? Why? How can I be hopeful in this season that I'm dealing with? In Psalms 137, 3 and 4, we get a picture of people who understood exactly what that was like. This is a, a, a contemporary passage of this same situation. These are uh, Israelites who were on their way into captivity. They were ca- uh, captured by Babylonians and they're walking into captivity and they were known for being joyful. They were known for being excited. They were known for singing great songs. And so scripture tells us for their 
Our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Their response was, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? In other words, what they were saying is, how can we be joyful in this period of loss? How can we smile in this period of pain? How can we look forward when we're dealing with the calamity and the difficulty of today? And in the midst of that sense of hopelessness and loss, Loss has the ability to do something else in our life. Loss has the ability to press pause on our life. Loss can press pause on our life, but you must decide for how long. In Jeremiah's case, he is writing about events that have already happened, but you see that he is still in the moment of what has transpired. And many times we find ourselves dealing with difficulty and the sun comes up and goes back down. But it seems like we are still stuck in that moment. Stuck in the fact that we lost our job. Stuck in the fact that we lost that opportunity. Stuck in the fact that our business failed. Stuck in the fact that that relationship didn't work out. Stuck in the fact that I'm dealing with the pain of this person dying. Stuck in loss. But I want to let you go know, ladies and gentlemen, that pausing is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, pausing in the season of loss is the right thing that you should do. Here's your next principle. Taking time to pause is a necessary part of handling loss. When we fail to pause, then we, fail, then we will fail to process. When we fail to pause, then we will fail to process. Don't let anybody rush you over what you're dealing with. You've got to process through the feelings and the emotions and the weight of what you're experiencing. We see this in the life of Jeremiah. He does not explicitly tell us that he's processing. But as he's writing, we see the emotions leaping off the page. He says this bitterness and homelessness is bitter beyond words. He says, I'll never forget this time of loneliness and grief. He is showing you that he's processing the experience of loss in his life and that is a necessary element of us handling loss we've got to process we got to talk about it we have to deal with the emotions of the pain and the hurt and the the calamity of what has happened those are necessary elements of dealing with the loss in our life Jesus in Luke chapter 14 and 28 it's a different context but he tells us don't be Uh, But don't begin until you count the cost. He's talking about discipleship. But the principle here is applicable to every place in our life. He's saying don't move forward until you've dealt with the old thing. You can't move ahead until you deal with what you have right now. And some of us, we're struggling because we're trying to move forward without processing what has happened in our life. We're trying to 
graduate to the next grade without passing the previous test. We've got to process the feelings, the hurt, the emotions, and whatever is involved in the loss that we have experienced. But here's the flip side to that. Because many times, we'll stay in process longer than we were intended to. We'll stay in a cycle of process and never get over that. We'll stay in the cycle of processing that hurt, processing that shame, processing that difficulty, processing what we were experiencing, and we never make attempts to progress. And here, here's your next thing, is that if we linger in the pause, we will fail to progress. The pause is necessary to process, but if we stay too long, if we linger in the pause We will fail to progress. Where you are now is not the final destination that God has for you. Where you are, what you are doing is not your final destination. God takes us from glory to glory to glory. And I know the pain was difficult. I know what you're experiencing was heavy. But God never intended for you to stay in the weight of loss. He never intended for you to stay in the weight of heaviness that God declared for you to be free. In fact, he says who the sun set free is free indeed. And this is what he desires for your life he doesn't want you to linger in the pause so you miss the opportunity to progress don't linger there we get a story in the book of Genesis chapter 19 and verse 6 of Lot's wife scripture doesn't give us her name But they lived in a city that God had intended to destroy and God sent angels on behalf of his uncle Abraham to get him out of the city. And their warning was, don't look back. And this is what scripture says. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him and she turned into a pillar of salt. Now, every time I read that, I I saw it as an instantaneous thing. But commentaries show us that it wasn't just a turn and she, uh, it wasn't a look back and she turned into a pillar of salt. It was the fact that she lingered in her turn. She stayed focused on what she'd lost instead of seeing God's hand of deliverance into a new place. Jesus in Luke chapter 17 verse 31 while warning Believers about the day of the Lord, he he told them a person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. All Jesus was saying is you can't move forward with while you're still looking backwards. That he has more in store for you. That there is a greater thing ahead of you. And although the loss has happened, God wants you to get out of lingering in the pause and move forward into what he has. To progress forward. And here we are in this text. And Jeremiah gives us a great 
example of what to do in the midst of it because he's dealing with the hurt. He's dealing with the emotion, but he doesn't linger there for long. But he says in verse 21, I dare to believe and hope in the Lord. And here's the good news. This is your fourth fill in the blank is that we can hope again after loss when we put our hope in God. That is the good news for us, ladies and gentlemen, is that even though we have lost and even though our hope has been shattered, we can hope again after loss when we put our hope in God. David says it like this in Psalms 27 and 13. He says, I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I wish I had one or two people who could say, I know it was difficult. I know it was hard, but I still believe God. I still have hope in what God wants to do in my life. I still believe that this is the year of the Lord's favor. I'm going to hope in what God is going to do. I'm going to believe that the best is still yet to come, that I haven't seen God's best in my life, and he's not going to waste the pain of my life, and he is taking me and moving me forward. God, I feel like preaching. He is taking me and moving me forward. Here's three reasons real quick that you can hope in God. You can hope in God for what he has said. In verse 22, this is what it says. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself about how good God has been. Sometimes you got to remind yourself about what God has said. What uh, Jeremiah is doing here, he's repeating what he's already written in Jeremiah 33. He says that the uh, the the Lord has loved me with an everlasting love, meaning that his love is never ending. You've got to remind yourself that God says he is for you, not against you. You got to remind yourself that he has said good things about you. You can hope in God because of what he has said. But not only can you hope in God for what he has said, you can hope in God for what he has done. In verse 23 of Lamentations chapter 3, it says, great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And what Jeremiah is doing here, he's connecting this verse to the promise that God made, his covenant. And what he's saying is what God has done is he has kept his word over and over and over. He's been faithful. When people have let me down, God has still been faithful. When people have walked away, God has still been faithful. And because God has been faithful, I can trust in him. I can hope in him. But here's the last thing. We can have hope in God because of who he is. Next verse, verse 24 says, I say to myself, The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. What Jeremiah is saying is that I know who God is and he is everything that I need. And somebody in here today needs to come to the realization that whatever you are lacking, God can provide. Whatever you are missing, God can do. Whatever you're in need of, God can supply it. He is our inheritance. Everything I need can be found in him. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking 
about something I just have information on. This is something I have personally lived out and still processing. Still progressing. My dad was my best friend. About seven and a half years ago, we were sitting in a car. My dad was a pastor. And uh, if you think I was passionate, you need to see a video of him. And I was in a, a difficult season in life and I was talking to him. And he stopped and he said to me, son, God is going to use you. My dad had never heard me speak. He had never heard me preach and to this day he hasn't heard me preach but he said God is going to use you to preach his gospel God is going to use you around the world and in that moment he had no evidence to confirm what he had spoken but he believed five days later on November 23rd he called me and said meet me at the store so we can pick up the groceries for Thanksgiving I got to the store and he never showed up later that day we find out that my dad at 48 had passed away and in that moment I said to God I quit I don't want to do this I, I don't I don't want to be a part of this fast forward to April of that year and God is wrestling with me and he takes me to Genesis chapter 11 and towards the end of Genesis chapter 11 we meet Abraham's father Terah and the scripture says that Terah intended to go to Canaan that was the promised land but he got stuck in Hebron and the very next verse after Terah has died it's Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And it shows God calling Abraham to go to the place that he would send him. And I said, God, I'm, I'm struggling with this loss. The pain and the weight of this is more than I can handle. But I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to trust you. And I'll do what you tell me to do. A month later in May, I got an invitation to preach for the first time on a Sunday morning. And my mom gave me my dad's rag that he preached with. And I took it with me. And I carried this rag as I preached in Connecticut. I carried this rag as God moved me to Atlanta. I carried this rag when God took me to London. I carried this rag when God took me to Tampa. I carried it when he took me to Brazil. And practically speaking right now, people are watching in Afghanistan, in Ireland. And I'm watching and seeing the word of the Lord 
being performed in my life. That although I lost, although I experienced loss, that God has a way of turning our pain into progress. That God has a way of making all things new. And here's my encouragement to you today. If you find yourself in a place of loss, if you find yourself in a difficult spot, here's the good news. Here's the bottom line. We can spark joy by letting go of loss, releasing the pain of loss, and embracing the new beginning God has for us. As long as you have breath, you have life, and God has purpose for you, and I don't know what lie you have believed that you are stuck here. I've come to declare that the best is still yet to come, that God's favor is on your life, and you will move on from this place. Here's what I want to do. On the left side of our stage, we'll have people who are willing to pray with you because I I believe God wants freedom to hit this house. There are people who have been carrying the weight of loss, who have experienced loss in so many different ways. And God says, I want you to be free. I want you to be released. As they are here praying, this is what we're also going to do. We're going to sing a song about breakthrough about God's grace in our life about the miracle that God has and I'm believing that hope will arise in this place that we are going to believe God for his best believe God for our future believe God for the new beginnings that he is starting in our lives let's pray God we thank you and we bless you God we honor you for the opportunity to call you Abba Father Lord, I pray for every person who is carrying the weight of loss. I pray for every broken dream, for every lonely person. I pray for every person who is handling the weight of pain. And Lord, I pray your word over them that said you have come to set the captive free. That where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That who the Son sets free is free indeed. So God, we thank you for your freedom. We thank you for your deliverance. We thank you for the breakthrough. And even now, God, we are believing you for the best. God, we believe eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard what you intend to do, God. We believe you for exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think. We believe you for what's next and we place our hope in you God for the person who has not placed their hope in you yet I pray that they will pray this prayer with me Lord Jesus save me forgive me of my sins and make me into the person that you want me to be if you've prayed that prayer on the connect card will you mark it with a cross and let us know that you've made a decision for Jesus and God right now I pray that hope will arise And that we will receive the joy and the freedom that you have purposed for us. It is in Jesus' strong name we pray. And every believer shout amen. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.